It's the ABC's High School Teachers Really Need to Know, Season 4, Episode Number 1, Aged and Confused. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe, or buy the books on Amazon.com. It is so good to be back with everyone. I hope you are doing fantastic and had a great start to your brand new year and semester and all of those amazing things. Uh, you may have noticed by the uh, title, Aged and Confused, still beginning with an A, um, but there is a little bit of a format change. I wanted to uh, expand a little bit or have the opportunity to expand on some of the things that I talk about week to week. These are still, obviously, that's the point of the podcast, these crucial things that I think we as secondary teachers uh, have to really think about and have to really uh, process and, and use and um, it is it is just so great to get to be back and talk about those things and now get that opportunity to, to sort of continue the conversation, not only here in Season 4, but on an expanded set of topics. And by the way, it's been a few weeks, obviously, since we've been together, but I have I've just absolutely... Um, I feel like it's been like the best time in expanding the uh, the, the listening audience um, just in, as, as the back and forth and the emails. Again, please stay in touch with me, um, bermucci.matt at gmail.com. Keep it going. Keep talking through the, the various podcast uh, avenues as well. Um, keep it going. And uh, I have just really enjoyed the back and forth and, and, and keeping up with everyone. I've just made really... Uh, already over the years of doing the podcast, just some of these lifelong uh, friends, and I think that's incredible. Uh, and 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 friends and academics, and and a couple of you I've gotten to know really well through uh, just just your comments and 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 a sharing and collaborating. And I hope to do that with as many of you as possible uh, as we sort of forge on. I, I don't want you, I, you know, talking about the format change. I don't want you to get tired of listening to me. I know my my voice. I get preachy and then I start getting sort of robotic. I think it's hard not to uh, when you feel like you're in this medium, or at least I do. And I always tell you that it's such a weird medium to me, you know, relative to like, like a classroom or working in some academic workshop or in some setting where we're truly sharing and collaborating. Collaborate, ugh, can't even, I'm warming up my voice uh, and warming up my mouth, apparently. Um, but it, one of those opportunities where we're sharing and collaborating uh, with each other. So I do want to uh, encourage you to reach out to me, continue to interact with me, and let's get better uh, professionally together. So um, uh, here we go. It's episode one of season four. Now, this episode is called Aged and Really Confused. It's aged and confused, but I really am confused. I'm going to share a few things with you. I think to start this season, I, I wanted to just sit and, and, and talk about a few things that as I have aged, not only like in my age itself, but also in my experience in our profession, I'm becoming totally confused uh, at um, some of the things that I see uh, and I'm seeing in, in our uh, wonderful profession in education. And, and I, I know I'm here almost like, uh, you know, Dr. Ruth or whoever, you know, Fraser Crane giving you advice and, and, and 
giving you my thoughts. And I just thought what a great way to begin the season by sharing some things that I'm totally confused on. And and some of these are lighthearted and some of them are not. I mean, they're all, I think, really, really important um, in, in some shape, form or fashion or some level. But I just wanted to share, you know, and this should be obvious to you. I've said, I think probably uh, since the very first episode, I am far from perfect. And I'm amazed and knocked down surprised at how terrible I am relative to some of the teachers out there, if not most of you. I think everyone brings their own unique style and their own unique um, ability just to transform lives and students and classrooms. And so I learn more, as I always say, from you. But I did want to, uh, in, in the spirit of that, share some things that I am totally confused on. Um, so here we go. In no particular order, by the way, I just literally wrote down for the last few days as, you know, I really didn't know how long it would uh, be. As I, I told you, I think in the last episode of season three that, you know, I was going to spend some time and really reflect and I wanted to constantly revive uh, energy and in and, and, and between sort of the seasons, I kind of collect my thoughts and sort of skeleton out uh, where I want to go and things that I definitely want to hit as things sort of come up uh, throughout the season as well and add to your comments and your thoughts as well, ideas and things for us to talk about. But one thing for sure <laughs> that I, I was able to generate was this list uh, without any problem. And, and I honestly had to just cut it off and say, okay, they don't want to listen to me for five hours. So I just cut the list off arbitrarily. But obviously the ones that I have on here probably came to me first or were the most pressing at least. So I wanted to talk about them. And again, some of them are not as, you know, not as earth shattering as others, but they, I still thought they were pretty notable. So here we go. Aged and confused. So the first thing I want to ask, uh, or ask you, and, and maybe it's just me, but are you confused at this this whole notion, this obsession with curriculum? I, I know curriculum is important. I'm a curriculum guy, but I feel like we, at least our bosses in education, um, a lot of the talking heads, and I know a lot of times I can um, <laughs> get like that too, but it seems like there is an unhealthy obsession with curriculum, and we have forgotten that learning is messy, uh, and and it feel I feel like you know the system is really generating these curriculum gurus that you know put these elaborate paralysis by analysis um, <laughs> curricula together, and then I'm like, do you? Do you actually think about what learning looks like? And I don't mean that in a condescending way. Again, I'm a curriculum person, so I don't mean that as a, in a condescending way to any curriculum experts out there. I just mean it seems like we're becoming more and more divorced from the reality of what it's like to be in the classroom today. And 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 so what I mean, you take a random curriculum, right? In whatever, when I say random, random subject area, you know, you have 180 days to do your magic depending on your school system. And I know there's pushes to go year round and different people have different schedules, but let's just say you have 180 days in your academic calendar. And somehow, some way, there's 180 days worth of curriculum that we're supposed to get to, right? With these elaborate, drawn out, planned curriculum. But then remembering that we have this business of school going on, right? So we have, you know, drills, fire drills, uh, tornado drills, hurricane drills, earthquake drills. We have 
assemblies. We have um, surprise days that interrupt us, snow days, uh, weather days, all these kinds of things. Not to mention kids learning at you know diversified you know methodologies and diversified uh, approaches and speeds and all these kinds of things. And and so curriculum really in a lot of ways, as far as these long, drawn-out, in-a-box curricula are, are, are so, I guess, artificial. And it seems like as time has gone on, so as I've aged, it seems like we are trying harder and harder and harder, more and more and more, to design the perfect curriculum. But I find that uh, it just doesn't meet the needs of today's students, not the pace of technology, not the increase in behavioral and other intervention issues that we have, um, all of these kinds of things. I just don't think it reflects. And and so in my mind, I'm totally confused with the obsession over um, form instead of function. I, I, I really am. And I don't know if you're with me on that, um, but I will tell you. So in all the people I impact and all the... Um, classrooms I've ever been in charge of and you know the people that I've supervised I always again and this is not going to surprise you uh, encourage them to think about um, essential questions main ideas so even if you have your your curriculum and we're all you know sort of confined by this curriculum but how confined we are really is sort of up to us as the professional right because I'm a firm believer that if you set main ideas these foundational skills these essential questions uh, and, and focus on those because kids cannot remember 300 things. They cannot master 300 skills. They can, they just simply cannot, and neither can adult humans. Uh, but particularly in developmental stages that they're in, it's just not even possible. And not to mention, as an educator, it's really not fun to teach in a box all the time. And kids certainly feed off us. So if we're not having fun and we're not at our best, man, the kids, what are they learning? I'm totally confused, aged and confused on the obsession with curriculum. How about we stop throwing endless, endless monies at different curriculum professionals and different curricula and instead invest in our teachers and our students directly? I'm just a believer for that. Um... I know it's going to sound like a gripe list, but I don't mean it to be that way. I just, uh, honestly, I'm totally confused. Maybe you are too. Um, What happened to reading for pleasure? And this is not that we only need to read classic literature. I'm not just talking about that because I'll be honest with you. A lot of that stuff missed for me as a student anyway, even back in the day. And then certainly in early teaching, that missed for me. I'm, when I say pleasure, I mean, what happened to actually reading um, for fun, whether that be reading in areas that I find interesting and, and just developing skills. I mean, everybody's got to do compulsory reading, right? We've got to hit all these reading skills and, and, and read a lot of different kinds of texts. Um, so that's necessary, but why are we not reading for fun? Why do we force kids, um, or, or, or straight up, not even allow them to read anymore, not even build in time anymore. And we're so busy check marking, as I always talk about that. We just don't, ask kids to read for fun or a lot time for them to be able to do that. One thing that I did when I, during assessments in my classes, um, when I first started, it, it became apparent to me that kids were just wasting time after assessments were done. And I wanted them to take a mental break, but instead of laying their head down, I told them, I said, look, 
read a book, read something for fun, rest your mind in the right way, you know, and, and do something academic yet fun at the same time, or just fun, but, you know, stretches your brain a little bit in a healthy way. Uh, read for fun. And I got kids to read in my classroom. It's amazing. I'd look up and I'd see kids reading, um, auto, uh, auto world magazines and all these different things. And, um, some would pick up, uh, space books that I had, uh, in the room. And, and look, even if they're reading pictures primarily at least they're seeing a book at least they're interacting with content that's different from the digital uh, world that they're always exposed to well when has reading become you know awful and outdated put something in their hands that they want to read um and 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 maybe they will you know number three and number three is really not the way to say it the next thing Ownership. You're like, what? We talk about ownership all the time. No, what I'm talking about is ownership. We, we talk about ownership for, for, for students, and we talk about the role of teachers in promoting ownership. But what about ownership for parents? And I'm, I'm so aged and confused. Have we just forgotten? And I have to be careful because I don't have kids. Just, just to share that with you, um, if you don't already know, I've said it many times, but I don't have kids. I don't ever, because I can't even imagine being a parent in today's world, but I cannot imagine a world where I would not hold my kids accountable. And I mean, I do that every day with kids, right? So where's the ownership for parents? I never would have had to say this, I don't think 20 years ago. But is it time for us to give a list of expectations of parents and say, look, if your child is enrolled here, these are the expectations. And we can use a whole nother episode to talk about that. But man, where has the parenting accountability gone? Is everybody trying to be friends with their kids as opposed to their parents? I, I, I'm, I don't know. And again, not my area. I, I just think we need to set some expectations. And instead of barking down uh, teachers who are overwhelmed with stuff and, and barking down at kids who do need to show more ownership, that's huge. And we need to promote that ownership environment and do those strategies and uh, just activities that promote student ownership. But at the same time, you're missing a link to the puzzle if you don't involve parents. We need to get them back in schools. We need to set a list of expectations and we'll never get them all. But I always say, and I think I actually said this in an episode on ownership, if I can win one out of five, man, I'm doing something. I'm going to make some change, man. I just, I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting old. Next on my list. Why are we obsessed with edutainment and just this idea that the prettier and every class has to be um, some novel, innovative sort of instructional design. I, I don't get it. One, even if every class was supposed to be that way or could be that way, like how could a teacher actually produce 180 amazing days? It's like we're trying to entertain our kids with education as opposed to challenging them and meeting their needs individually, which is always more, you know, sort of 
self-fulfilling for everybody involved. But now it's like we're in a race for prettiness and who can get on Good Morning America first, you know, as opposed to just doing good old-fashioned relationship building and 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 just really caring about your kids and delivering quality lessons. I have seen it time and time again. Um, you know, I, my relationship with my kids is second to none, and that just means I, I feel like that's my strength. Like a lot of you, if not all of you, that's my strength. Not writing amazing Good Morning America lessons. Now, all my lessons, I think, make sense, and they all you know tie back to essential questions and goals. But dang, what is the obsession with it being the prettiest? And the ooh and ah lesson, there needs to be that. But man, that is an unattainable strategy or unattainable standard. Wow, just don't get it. And 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 as part of this, we have to entertain our kids to capture their attention. Um, that's just sort of gotten even worse with the pandemic and the obsession with learning on demand. I did an episode about this, how learning on demand is really breaking down the learning process, the obsession of, you know, posting videos and the obsession of making learning so convenient that kids can kind of dip in and out of the learning process when they want. But that takes away the scaffolding that an educator produces um, and, and plans for to help a student get to that level of mastery. And so between having teachers focus on entertaining their kids and then having them focus on making all these resources available endlessly, you know, pretty much 24-7 so kids can learn when they want, no matter where they are in the learning process, you know, it gets a little bit hairy and, and we kind of lose our focus and we lose our ability to sort of connect with educators um, or with with or, or the educated, that's what I really meant to say, but and educators, like our peers, like we're all in different, you know, we're all over the place trying to be in this rat race of having the prettiest classroom that's, you know, going to please this administrator or please uh, and use um, these amazing strategies that are going to make these parents go, wow. And, and the way we evaluate teachers is so crazy now because you can walk into a classroom and I, I literally see administrators and I see teachers judging other teachers, teachers who do a great job, but they judge them as less than because their stuff's not as pretty. And that bothers me because it's not as attention grabbing. Look, we got to focus on the real problem. And that is getting our kids to like school, like, and I don't mean likes, meaning love every minute of it, but like the process of learning. Not so much as, you know, coming to child prison, as they put it, every day. And, 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 and we, we've got to work to chisel away at this mentality that's developed where I must be entertained, just like all the technology that's around, and I must learn when I want to learn, which isn't useful because learning doesn't just happen randomly. That that if, if that were true, what's the purpose of a teacher in the first place? So learning on demand, we have to balance these things. We have to balance edutainment. We have to do a really good job with that. You know what else I'm really confused on? Now, education, we always talk about, we, you know, and I talk about it's one of the first things I mentioned in my very first episode and say constantly, and that's you want to individualize a standardized process. Our process is very standardized. You know that, right? Has been for a long, long time. We always talk about the factory model uh, here in the U.S. Um, but it seems like not only is the process really, really standardized, but it's almost as if the academic system and culture 
is also now trying to standardize people. And that blows my mind. It it's it's like we're all trying to homogenize. You know, we don't want to compare students anymore. You know, so everything's that that sort of differentiates them uh, is bad, which is so crazy because it seems like we're in a self obsessed culture right now. And it's a uh, it, you know the individual needs are so important, so important. We're living in this woke world with all this you know craziness going on, but yet at the same time, our academic system is trying to produce the same kind of student with the same kind of abilities, with the same kind of beliefs. And and that's really problematic because whether this, you know, what whether parents or teachers or even students know that this is going on, it is because again, we set these rules in place. And and I've seen it sort of be be, be very pervasive in our culture. And, and if you think I'm talking out there on this one, I'm, I'm trying to get you to wrap your mind around the idea that everything we're trying to do is a culture war now. And that culture war um, <laughs> is, is is very insidious. And and so we have this standardized process. And, and again, aged and confused. It's been around a long time. But I am confused at why in a world where we're trying to embrace individuality, it seems like every mechanism that's designed to sort of differentiate students based on uh, ability and individual um, sort of strengths and weaknesses, we're trying to gloss over that. Oh, we don't want to differentiate students. We want to make sure everything's equitable. Well, it's not about equity anymore. It's about creating homogenous outcomes with every policy. And, 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 and look, if that's a divisive political uh, overtone to you, I, I would just encourage you, no matter where your political beliefs are, to look at sort of the things and policies that come out of um, Department of Ed and uh, here in the U.S. And, and, and other things. It's just about homogenous populations. And so the sort of learning differences uh, that you see in students is totally glossed over. And so I think the thing that they say they are trying uh, to, to really do is 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 completely um, being over, I guess, over overrun. Anyway, just something to think about. Be, be cautious in your classrooms about what kind of learners you're truly creating. It's just really, really important. My dog is barking, by the way, so I apologize for that. Hey, he's he's fired up just like I am. Um. My next thing, and 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 let's just kind of back it up a little bit, and uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it down to earth. I, this is just so random, but I have to tell you, and this is not earth shattering, but it's just so funny to me. Is it just me? Am I being old here? When have dance invites and social occasions become so elaborate to be invited to. It's so funny to me. I have kids literally to invite their dates to prom or they're, they're holding up poster boards and having basically marriage proposals. I don't get it. I don't. I'm sorry. I know that was random to you, um, but it's just a very, and we could go on forever about the striking differences between various, you know, social things that we see uh, in schools and trends and language and things like that. So um, it's it's just really interesting to me that we consider, um, you know, all of these different kind of you know, things that we see as generations go by, because we always talk about language, but man, 
I am totally blown away by this trend. And speaking of sort of social and all of that, um, aged and confused here, and, and maybe this is just more a point of emphasis to me that I have seen, but um, I am seeing, and, and in case you haven't noticed, and, and I say I'm seeing, I've known this for a while, but all of the language and the influence now comes from social media. So if you don't know that, you need to know that. And I'm totally confused why a TikTok video can absolutely... Uh, insert major changes in our culture, but it does and it creates. And I'm not targeting TikTok. I've shared with you. I, I, I watch TikToks and 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 you know I'm involved in social media, but I'm I'm really cautious, you know. And I don't you know take huge gulps of uh, you know huge sips from the the TikTok Kool Aid or any of these social media platforms. But our kids who are developmentally in different stages, they do right. And so it's amazing to me that all the language and just the lingo and the behaviors and the trends that all come from social media. Well, back in our day and before that, those cues came from TV and before TV, radio and and families. And it's sort of changed. It's changed again. And now, as I said, um, it is totally, totally uh, social media. One or two more that I just kind of wanted to uh, just mention to you that I'm I'm sort of really just just so confused by. Um, when has college become so irrelevant and so mispurposed? And I, I don't mean that globally as much as you think I probably do by the way I said it. But think of it this way. Ask yourself this question. If you're not going to university for professional trades, you know, to become an accountant, to become a lawyer, doctor, why are you going to college? And and look, I went to college a long, long time, except several different educational backgrounds, degrees, um, best time of my life, most, uh, most certainly impactful time in my life. But man, it's amazing to me how much it's changed. And that's really what I'm confused about. College has almost decreased in value in a way that is almost unrecoverable. And it's sad to me because, remember, this is higher learning. I sometimes wonder how much higher learning is actually going on in a university setting anymore. I mean, all I hear about from students and and and. And, and the news is, um, you know, the parties, the the political unrest and all those different kinds of things. Uh, and, and it's just shocking to me. All the political nonsense that comes from these universities on all sides of the political spectrum. It, it's crazy to me. And then it's, again, any, it's just not an, an academic environment anymore for most students. And the cost is so ridiculous. The bang for your buck, I don't have to go into all that. You know, it's such a ridiculous uh, cost to, to, to benefit. You know, vocational is, 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 is huge right now and always will be and always has been, but more so than ever because of the decline in just the, the value, I guess, is the best way to say it. And look, looking at some of these schools that have been developed and, and just sort of enhanced, you know, they're making these high schools look like, um, and that's what I'm talking about here is high schools, is they're building high schools and setting up the high school model to look more like college, which would have been great if 
Um, they were sort of reflecting college in every manner, but they're not. They're reflecting colleges and universities in every manner except the one that matters most, and that's the academic side of things. You know, I'll go to these high schools and they'll have, you know, restaurants and they'll look like a college union, you know, a college quad or whatever you want to say. But there's not a culture of learning there. And it bothers me. Just being honest with you. And I'm confused at what we're going to do about it and, and how it went that way. I kind of know how it went that way, to be honest with you. And that's money. You know, it's college is it's 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 a system just sucks money from all of us and dependent on it. And so it, it's bad. And in that same vein, when we're talking about focus, I'm, I'm so confused and I've talked about this too. Um, wh- why are we addicted to sports constantly? And I don't want you to think because I'm an athlete, I'm a coach. When I say addicted, I mean our days, our master schedules are built around athletics. And we have kids doing multiple sports, you know, up at all hours of the night. You know, our, our halls look like mash wards with, with students limping and on crutches because their bodies are being overworked and under-recovered. You know, I can go into the science of that. Again, I'm a coach, and I love athletics. So when I talk about a sports addiction, and again, I had a whole episode on this, and I, and I encourage you to have a healthy relationship with athletics, which you should, but athletics also needs a healthy relationship with academics. And look, I'm always a fan of controlling what you can control. Again, this episode is about aged and confused. I'm just confused when we went from academic addiction to an athletic addiction. And I'm going to tell you, it is something that is unique to the United States. People, if you travel abroad and talk to teachers and students, they come over here and they're just totally blown away that 80,000 people go to a college football game. I mean, I'm glad. I love it. But at the same time, there has to be a limit. Athletics is burning both ends of the candle on our on our school days, exhausting our kids. And then we have parents, parents, parents who want to get them to practice free throw, but not ACT, not algebra, and the basic skills of just being a, a good human. Right, being a member of a family, sitting down at the table and eating, and and again, I know I sound like a big old conservative, um, you know, sort of hundred years ago. I, I don't mean to be that way. I don't mean to be dogmatic. But man, I am so confused at why family values and a cohesive home and balance and checklisting um, our lives away have not um, come into focus more. You know, and so this is just a list list of things that I'm totally confused on. And so when I talk about season four and sort of a format change, I want to hit on some of these things and let us reflect, not only me talking to you, but reflect in our network, in our community about these things and things like this. You know, what what can we do to be change agents? What what can we do to sort of you know, reverse some of these trends we don't like and instead setting our students up for success, not only in their careers, but as good humans, as being good people in general, right? And and, and just making contributions to society. Because in a lot of ways, education is getting sucked down this road. Um, and, and I want to be able to do another episode 
in whatever medium is present at the time in 10, 20 years and go, you know what? It changed. And this time it changed for the better. And I have to believe that. I have to believe that because if not, I have no business in education. I believe in the future. I believe in our kids and I believe in the people like you who do it. I just do. Well, that is it for this week. It is so good to be back with you. Make sure you're back here next week for episode number two. Until then, remember to like, comment, and subscribe or buy the books on Amazon.com. Thanks for letting me uh, preach away fire and brimstone this week. And also, sorry about the uh, dog barking in the background. Some things just happen the way they happen. Again, no editing here, just like real life. Love you guys to death. See you down the road.